Hello listeners, welcome to the first episode of the Shire Knights podcast, available on Spotify. The show that lets us super nerdy, grown-up shaped 40k players geek out over the competitive side of the hobby. I'm tonight's host, the Toaster Worshipper, Engine Seer of Mars, Mark Hutchin, and I'm joined tonight by more knights than your average round table can hold. Tonight, we've got our fearless team captain, 50 Shades of Grey Knights himself, Ryan Rybokea. Hello, hello. We've got the mankiest Death Guard player to ever grace the 44 by 60 inch Nurgle Green dance floor, Alan Davidson. Hello. We've also got the happiest hobby room twitcher to ever grace the streams and Age of Sigmar's only supporter, Ben, token non-Scotsman, Bailey. How's it going? And finally, the nicest man who roamed the streets of Ayrshire since Rabbi Burns, Chris, nice Chris Jones. <laughs> Evening, chaps. <laughs> Some of them weren't expecting those nicknames, so I hope they like them. <laughs> Wonderful. Excellent work. <laughs> So tonight's podcast is brought to you by Fort Valley Wargaming. Fort Valley Wargaming is a local tabletop club based in Falkirk with all the tables, terrain and players of most systems you could want on your doorstep if you live in the central belt of Scotland. Tournaments are run throughout the year and meeting up on a Thursday night, new members are always welcome. In today's episode, we're going to be introducing you to the podcast. Pretty straightforward stuff really. And we're going to discuss the ins and outs of the team, mainly who's in and what factions they take out to the tournaments. This is a bit of a new experience guys, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yep. Don't all rush in at once. (laughs) (laughs) You should hear them swearing like troopers before we come in there, and as soon as you go live, everyone just hides behind the plants in the corner. Yeah, everyone's going to hide, you know. Going to sit at the back of the class. (laughs) I was kind of hoping I would be able to sit back and just listen to all you talk and then try and transcribe it so that our non-Scottish speakers will be able to understand. Yeah, we'll do that we'll do that um so we're going to be talking about a few things in the podcast as we move through episodes we'll talk about codex releases particularly a new one that's coming up for a few of us tyranids anything exciting there ribo nids 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 yeah big bugs big problems yeah little bugs even more big problems And we'll also be looking at tournaments. We've got the OPG team tournament this weekend, where we've got a few of the guys going. Um, So we'll talk about the tournament probably after it, because we don't want to give away the game plan, do we? Oh, definitely not. Don't want to give away all all the sneaky tactics that we're going to be using and the team comp and whatnot. Absolutely. So first thing, though, we've got a lot of people who right now have no idea who the Shire Knights are, and they've probably just subscribed because they thought it was um, something to do with uh, Hobbits and Lord of the Rings but it's not, it's 40k so we should probably just get it into isn't. it and talk about who we've got so without further ado let's look at our team roster and I think we'll start with you Ribo because you're the team captain so tell us sure thing. a little bit about yourself yeah so I'm Ribo. I play Grey Knights predominantly Grey Knights I have dabbled into Gene Steeler Cult this year uh, and I will be dabbling into Nids as they're an old time favourite of mine uh, but mainly Grey Knights I played them at most of the major tournaments, the LGT uh, Nottingham, Leicester um, and I've performed pretty well with them I haven't um, still trying to recover after the nerf of losing a Dread Knight from the list trying to find the optimal uh, list to go with, but yeah, the trying to keep the Grey Knights strong in the competitive scene. Uh, You're a big fan of purifiers, though, aren't you? Oh yeah, purifiers are amazing. Love purifiers. Yeah, 
and, and uh, rhinos and rhinos and rhinos and someone else who likes rhinos is alan with his death guard we don't play rhinos though what else what's your no. secret to your death guard success alan after winning airshare rtt recently so the secret to the success disgustingly resilient the minus one damage across the board is definitely um a nice added bonus as well as the Taliban buffing three Volkite Contemptors. Um, it's taken a long time to get the list working just right, but it seems to be doing work at the moment. So considering that Custodes, Tau and Harlequins are out there at the moment, it's uh, it's really tough. But they seem to be doing not too bad. Papa Nurgle seems to be blessing them so far, but we'll soon see at, this, uh, at the team tournament at the weekend how, how the list continues to perform. Is there any armies you're looking forward to getting stuck into with your Death Guard list at the team tournament? Well, I think we're going to be Harlequins or Custodians. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm actually looking forward to getting stuck in it. Oh, probably all three of them. Anything at the top of the meta? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Anything that's really challenging, I quite enjoy. The last Ferrara the Void Weaver before the Vance. <laughs> yeah. Fingers crossed. Chris, he thinks that he could take your tow. That's what he's telling you. I don't run tow. I run crute, mate. That's that's <laughs> what I do. That's a bit different here. I'm trying to be an off-meta darling. No. Um, I suppose, like, after the last 18 months of Drukari, um, I decided, yeah, let's let's go for a challenge. So I chose tow, obviously. Um, but, um, yeah, that just trying something a wee bit different like obviously Farsight and Taucept, sort of the, the main flavours there um, so trying something with just more crudes going Dalith, trying to be more manoeuvrable, outflanking strategic reserve shenanigans and stuff like that, so definitely a different way to play and it's you get some really strange situations where you're like, oh I've got two CP, I could interrupt in the fight phase here with Tau <laughs> That's really useful now all of a sudden. <laughs> so actually this afternoon we're spending the, the afternoon going through codex being like, there must be a way Tau can make people fight last. That must be something. And Did you find one? There is one there's one relic, but it's locked to another set, so I can't use it, unfortunately. Oh, no. So I was desperate with currently running about seventy crew, hoping to up it to about eighty when GW have some more back in stock. Um we'll see where that goes. But tell uh, us about crew hounds, because you are a big advocate of crew hounds, aren't you? I'm big fan of Crute Hounds if they get the first turn, definitely. <laughs> Very fast boys, obviously get their pre-game movement, and they can, you know, in certain missions, they're just great for, you know, chucking onto someone's uh, objectives. Especially, you know, a lot of people will look at a tower list and might think, oh, do you know what, I'm going to take Raise the Banners because there's no way they're coming up to take my home objectives. But those hounds are bloody speedy boys. They can get right up there. Yeah, that's good. And then we've also got Ben in the chat. Now, Ben has... Yeah been exposed to 40k is probably the, the only way to put it uh, at the team tournament with us in the ITT team tournament down in Northampton this year but you're a big protagonist of Age of Sigmar Ben aren't you? Yeah I certainly am I, I pre-Covid I was definitely a massive advocate for 40k I was uh, frequent in tournaments for 40k more than I would anything else yep. but for some reason just over the Covid period my main interest swayed towards Age of Sigmar uh, and then you boys asked for some help at the team tournament and I decided to be the punching bag so <laughs> <laughs> well that's not strictly true because the punching bag was hitting back in the last game wasn't it oh yeah I I had to say I had one of the most 
like exciting experiences for 40k i think i've ever had um playing against some aldari um from like what i can only describe was the most eccentric team i think we've ever played against what was their name again does anyone remember Ordo Ordo Hispanicus. Hispanicus. Yeah. That was it, yeah. I slept since then, to be fair. But the whole team was really fun to play against. Um, okay. And yeah, I, I was rush- I was running Crusher Stampede, um, which I don't know if anybody's listening and sort of goes, hang on a minute, he only won one game? Yeah, uh, that's because I played <laughs> Custodes twice and it was awful experience. Um, and then, what was it? Thousand Suns and a mirror match of Crusher Stampede. And whoever goes first in that pretty much wins. Uh, but yeah, the last game I... Uh, Managed to sweep. What is it? I think it was a hundred to twenty-seven or something like that. So oh, it was yeah. a, a pretty solid win. Absolutely but it's, smashed. It. It's definitely got me back thinking into forty k and how I can try and make my marines work because oh. I've got twenty-three thousand points of space marines. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is a lot of space marines. I've pretty much got every kind of space marine you can consider, um, and it's it's one of the things I've seen. Um, one of our other members, Nick, he's done really, really well with his. I'm like trying to take a leaf out of his book and some inspiration to uh, see if I can get those to a position where I can feel comfortable taking them to a tournament and not looking for 5-0, but looking for 3-2 at a minimum, hopefully 4-1. Brilliant. And let's talk about Nick then, because that's another member of the team, Nick Malone. He plays Salamanders and he's played Raven Guard. But Raibo, you've probably known him the longest in 40k circles. What makes Nick so good with these Salamanders? Because he went 4-1 and one at London last year. So what is it that he's got going on? It's just his lucky dice rolls. That's it. No. <laughs> he, does, he would disagree with that wholeheartedly. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's really good with his Salamanders. I think he's just a really good pilot of Marines. You know, he, he just knows the uh, the right moves to make with them and, and the right positioning to have and uh, using terrain to his advantage. Um and the, as well, the Space Marine secondary, oh, what's the, the name of the moment? Both of the moment, that's the one. Uh, he, he uses that really, really well, um, get it holding the centre, you know, for those two points and, and just maxing yeah. it. Yeah. Um, he has an incredible, incredible understanding of the limitations of the list, which I think is one of the most important things, is he knows where his army can start and stop, whereas I think... I yeah. don't quite know that yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very few mistakes, and that can just lead to winning games on its own. So, it'll be good to get Nick on the podcast eventually, and we've also got Connor, who might have been with us tonight, but he's unfortunately not with us. Plays Tau. Rybo, you've known Connor for quite some time, and Chris, you are a Tau player as well, so between the two of you, I think you could both tell us a bit about his list. Yeah, so Connor's... He played 40k back in 5th edition when me and him were kids, you know, at the store at the weekends. And then over lockdown, he started to you know paint his models up again. And then he started coming to the 4th Valley Club and he was really enjoying the games and really enjoying the competitive side of it. So it's been great to bring him into the team, get him playing games with us and him picking up um, 40k in general and... You know, the added benefit of he's playing Tau just now when it's uh, a really uh, good army to be playing in the meta. Um, so it, it gives some... The, the thing about that is, though, it is Tower incredibly strong just now, but it Not makes it a little bit guard. easier. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it makes it a little bit easier for him to, you know, get into the competitive side because 
he can learn more. He doesn't have to worry about mistakes per se with his army as much because yeah. I mean, Tau obviously, especially he's running Tau Sept at the moment, yeah. so a lot of focus on shooting. Um, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, they get like a free reroll hit or wound. I can't actually remember which one it is. It's either. Um, is it either? There you yeah, go. Um, so, I think I, a list like that, especially if you're just coming back into it, there's a lot of forgiveness in that. You know, if you, you get a lot of rerolls to maximize your number of hits. And also with Tau Sep, there's quite a few ways they can do like buffs to each other, like plus one to wound and stuff like that. So, I think he's got quite some interesting stuff in his list a lot of flamers so he's automatically hitting and then he's getting plus one to his wound there's ways to re-roll wounds you get that so much efficiency with so little uh there sort of thing i, I know no alan has loved playing against the shield runes as well it's been glorious. oh you said the, that's tonight's <laughs> bad word that means you have to put a it's pound the in the swear word. jar as soon as you say drones you've got to put a pound in the swear jar <laughs> PTSD flashbacks round. Definitely. I can't wait until Jones got 400 points on model, guys. That is, that is they should say. They're stronger than money. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing with Connor and I'm learning 40k. And, because Tau, you immediately write out two phases of the four phases of the game. Or, well, yeah. Four phases of the game. Yeah, that's true. Yours is different with your crew, you know. <laughs> they love charging. But uh, for him, it's movement and shooting. He doesn't have to worry as much about charges unless it's the enemy's charge phase. Uh, <laughs> and oh, so, sounds like my admec. It's just so romantic. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> brings back memories. Brings back good memories of when we were also a bit broken, and now we're not. So, um, but happier times. We've also got a new member of the Shire Knights. Alan recruited them only this week. Was it Alan? It was, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, Mikey. Uh, so, hi, Mikey, if you're listening. Yeah. Welcome to Shire Nights. Tell us about what Mikey's been up to, Alan. So, Mikey has been... He's been on the scene since, I think, 8th. He may have just dabbled on it a wee bit, but he came in heavily in ninth. Um, started playing um, at a local shop with him. And he, he was playing at the start... He had Ultramarines and he'd been watching videos and been trying to get stuff on them, but they weren't quite suiting his play style. So he's gone into Thousand Suns, but most recently um, he's gone into Custodes um, and he's been finding that Custodes are a lot easier for him to play as such. Because They're good to, for any player to pick up, really, aren't they? Because with well, those yeah, type of saves, yeah, moment, you can play them quite aggressively and be quite confident that you're not going to be shot off the table usually. Yeah, yeah, well with most people choosing Emperor's Chosen as the chosen faction at the moment, you're getting safe against mortal wounds on a 4+, plus. all of the um, data sheets are on a 2+, plus save, with most of them on a 4+, plus invan. Um, it's there very, could be some nerfs inbound though. Potentially, yeah, I would definitely think so. Maybe some points increased back to what the codex was when it first came out, as opposed to when it came out. And then they decided to give them points decreases, which was a bit unusual, but... Yeah, absolutely. So that's the Shire Knights. 
that's the collective. What would you call a collective of knights? Does anyone know? No. Crusade, maybe? A gaggle of knights. Crusade. A gaggle of knights. A pint of knights. I wasn't legit, and you just <laughs> trolled it. I'll be sure. <laughs> a shire of knights. A shire of knights. Um, so that is them all. It's some squad. It's looking as if it's shaping up well as well, which is really good. We're on Facebook. Um, we've also just started this podcast on Spotify and we'll be going to a lot of tournaments throughout the UK. We've got quite a few coming up. Um, Alan, can you remember what all the tournaments we've got booked in for this year? I think we had a list somewhere, didn't we? I do. I do. So this weekend coming, we have the Stalino PG, which uh, myself, Rybone, Nick and Connor will be at. Um, and then we've got the Air RTT uh, number two. At Dominion. Um, we like the Dominion, Dominion guys, don't we? Chris, you're we a local there. The Dominion guys. Yep, yep, that's my, my local haunt. Yeah. Yeah, and then we have the Newcastle GT coming up, um, and also the Leeds GT. Um, have we got I anyone believe... going to Leeds GT yet? I'm off to Leeds GT. You're I'm going, going to Leeds GT. Leeds, Leeds, and I'm uh, an inch away from going to Newcastle GT with you guys <gasps> at this rate, I think. Well, that's exciting. Do it. That's exciting. Um, it can be a good one. And then we have our local club, the Fourth Valley Wargaming Tournament. Rybo, do you want to do a little bit of a punt for that? Do you want to advertise it? Because you're running that. Yeah, we've actually only got one ticket left for it. So, oh, if you're um, listening, you're going to have to get on it quick. <laughs> yeah. Well, there, there's the reserve list as well, because we might get some dropouts and whatnot. Nice. Um, but yeah, for Valley GT, it is the last weekend in May. So that is, my calendar real quick, May the 28th and 29th. Yeah. It's a 2K point GT uh, here in Falkirk. So yeah, if anyone's listening that does wish to go feel free to hop on the facebook page and message us you can claim that last ticket and tell us a bit about the format for that tournament no harlequins no custodies and no doubt (laughs) (laughs) yeah but no 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 the format for the tournament is just five games three games on the saturday two games on the sunday um the terrain is all preset terrain um but there's going to be a sheet on each table to try and add keywords to certain buildings so that um, both sides of the terrain are equal and it kind of makes all tables the same, even if the buildings look different and such. It's a good idea. Yeah, that's awesome. And then finally... Yep, finally, the last tournament... Well, not the last tournament, but another tournament that we have booked, but it's going to be the main event. Uh, it's London, baby. London, we, baby. Uh, Booked in, we are hopefully going to go crazy um, and go on the Friday playing the doubles, on yeah. the, Sat- the Saturday and Sunday playing the GT, and then on the Monday play on the cheeky RTT. Fantastic. Let's you do a segue here. Let's talk about doubles. Let's come up with some fantasy double sides for 40k. So, Rybo, what would be your best 40k? Uh, double to pair into your grey knights with grey knights yeah you could do some fun stuff with grey knights and a thousand suns I like that like that just do lost some more wins that would be funny oh yeah Yeah. does anyone else have a good one yeah death guard 
with Crusher Stampede. Nice. Nice. How would that work? So that was worked with uh, PBCs at the back. <laughs> hive guard at the back, although they're about to get nerfed, so probably not in the hive guard. But um, yeah, you could have uh, some cheeky Dimacherons running forward. Yeah. PBCs yeah, at the back, Dimacherons at the front. <laughs> yep. <laughs> exactly. Just the way you'd want that. Yeah. Beans to the coal and uh, just a sleigh of Medusa seed ca- siege cannons. Oh, now you're talking. Like, Why would you just play that list anyway? <laughs> Right, like the siege cannons sit at the back, and the GSC just swamp the board so much your opponent can never actually get to them. Oh, you uh, just bubble wrap each individual Medusa so they can never be touched. <laughs> exactly done. Right? Can you can you yeah. take Medusa's root brothers? Yes, you can. <laughs> just just a thought. <laughs> Don't give them any more thoughts. I've already got nine. I have nine Medusa siege cannons. Do not tempt me. Oh. <laughs> Do they do doubles in Age of Sigmar, Ben? Uh, they do, yeah. There's um, there's a doubles one day, actually, that I've literally just signed up for that I'm going for in September. Where's that? Um, that is at Sanctuary Gaming Cafe, run by, run by the Warrior Lodge uh, down in Sutton in Ashfield. So it's all the way down my end of the wood. A mighty 15 minutes drive from my front door. So it's a really long trek for me to go and play there. Nice. Um, but we're going to be taking... Not that... I don't suppose anybody listening here is massively interested in Age of Sigmar, but I think we're going to be taking some stupid list like Archeon, which is like the big Age of Sigmar chaos dude, and some slight minions just to pad the list. And then I think I'm just going to be taking loads of gunboats from the Caradron Overlords, because they're bad and it's funny. Oh, so you do have a 40k army back up, though. You've got your squats, you know? Yeah, I've, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I was, that announcement, the icon is literally the Caradron icon with a shave. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's the exact same, but has its little moustache shaved off. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And how's everyone feeling about this weekend's tournament? OPG teams. So how are you feeling about it, those that are going? I believe it's just me and Alan yeah. are going to that one. But yeah, I don't think we mentioned that it was a team tournament, but yeah, it's, it's teams of four. Um we're going in. I'm I'm feeling quite good about it. The first parents came up, so we are against Custodies, Gene Stealer Cult, Necrons, and Deathwing. Deathwing. That was it. The Dark Angels Terminators. Well. Dark Angels. Yeah, that's Deathwing. not a bad like first set. I expected it to be like Harlequin, Tau, Custodies, and Prussia. We did get off late with the matchups. The the first one is quite good. There is a team at the tournament that are running Crusher Stampede, Harlequins, Custodies, and Tau. And that's not Team Scotland. That is not Team Scotland. No. no. Oh, that's going to be a good weekend. I'm looking forward to hearing how it goes. Do you think there's going to be a Shire Knights podium though? Oh, we managed it last time, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We did, but we always hope for that. We always hope for that, you know that way. Um, Hopefully, if team captain gets the parents right, you know, we just just go for them, you know? It's a lot uh, of pressure on me. Mamba does love a light board. That is true. Yeah, there's a story behind that saying, Mamba loves a light board. So, Alan, tell us about the story about why you, your Shire Knight's name being Mamba, loves a light board. So, we love a light board because when we went to the team tournament in Northampton, I was pulled on the light board four out of five games and I went five and oh at the tournament. Which For was those who don't know the team <laughs> tournament type stuff, a light board's just got less terrain. Yes. Um, 
had two Tau players pull them out on the light board, which they thought was going to benefit them. Um, unfortunately, just with some good rules and some really good placement and movement, um, it went in my favour. So that was very nice. Um, and I also took Grey Knights and uh, Necrons on the light table as well. The Necrons player was funny because poor wee Alberto, um, the funniest part at a tournament I've ever seen when his team captain hugged him and then physically blessed him and sent him on his way. <laughs> Gave him his last rights, you mean? So he yeah, said, that, his last <laughs> that was Ordo Hispanicus again. Yes, I... It was the best team that we could have played against at that whole tournament. Uh, yeah. Ben had a great game against him. I, th- I had a great game against them as well it was and, and your game was just hilarious Get, getting the blessing before, before he Absolutely got sent fantastic. to his, his doom yeah and Great. I, I understood it once we started playing a game because it's the first time I've ever gotten to a turn two and a player just going to my command phase movement phase done <laughs> oh no what he didn't want to come out after I destroyed I think I took 20 Necron Warriors off in the first turn and he just was like that's not happening again um, I just the outer line sight shooting and the shooting that I had, especially when you're on a light board and there was just no terrain in the middle for him to be able to manoeuvre across after I took away all these speed movement. Um, yeah. yeah. So, on that, there doesn't seem to be many Necron players at the team tournament. Necrons are in a bit of an odd space right now, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, so they've got some great play. Um, there is one list that we'll be going up against. Um, he's taken the Relentless Expansionist and Eternal Conqueror, which I also collect and play Necron, so I think that is one of the, apart from Novok, is probably one of the other staples to take. Um, but yeah, they're in that awkward position where yeah. there's some builds that work, but just the way the meta is at the moment, they just don't play really well in a custodes tau with all the shooting um, and harlequins with all the manoeuvrability in the world and void weavers in the world. I, I was going to ask Alan because obviously they've done a lot to try and buff Necrons with data slates and points drops and stuff like that. Is it just a meta thing or is there something else fundamental with it? It's just a meta thing. So. The fundamental thing is you want to take the Silent King in the list mm-hmm. to buff a lot of the units, which works really well. Unfortunately, when you have the high damage output of Tau, Custodes, um, and Harlequins, just the, the, the sheer output and the damage with mortal wounds from Harlequins as well, um, that it just becomes unplayable because you, you pull the Silent King out and they've got hammerheads, he's dying straight away. If they've got a storm surge, he's dying straight away. Although you can make a save, it's as soon as one goes through, you're almost taking half his wounds off, mm. and then it, it goes out from there. It's it's just, it's quite difficult. If you get first turn, though, it's a bit like orcs. They're a bit like the orcs staple at the moment. If you can get first turn, and you can get on top of these opponents really quickly, because you can pre-game move six inches, then you can yeah. give them plus one of their movements so they get 13, then they can charge once they're through that part of it, once they're on top of you and they're holding you back, they can sit and do their own thing, even with the smallest of units. Um, so it works quite well there. But 
I just think the way that it's a lot of people probably on Tywin custodies are so cheap to go into. Um, I think at the moment it is just because of that. Yeah, definitely. So let's move on, guys, and have a look at, I think most podcasts, it'd be quite useful to do a little This Week in Warhammer 40k, because we get so many releases now, and it's quite nice to even just round them off by having a little chat with about them. The first one, um, which was really worthwhile, is looking at some of the new Tyranus stuff. And in particular, there's a new model, the Parasite of Mortrex. So, Ribo, I know you've looked at Parasite of Mortrex. Do you think he's going to be on most tournament lists, or just some? What do you think? Uh, It's still hard to say at the moment without playing actual games with it. Um, Really, you could build an army around the Parasite. And one thing to note with the Parasite of Mortrex as well is that it's um, it's not a, a unique character. Um, it, Wait, you, you can not? take multiple. No, no, it's what? not a unique character. Um, the Parasite of Mortrex is it's only called it, the lower reason why it's called the Parasite of Mortrex is you know the the planet Mortrex mm-hmm. was infested and and they just call that variant of bug the Parasite of Mortrex. Um, there you go. It, it's not a unique character in any way, so you can take three of them in a list if you wish. You're kind of setting yourself up for assassinate at that point because you're most likely going to have multiple HQs as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it isn't the most durable of characters. It, you you can look out for it because it's um, you know it's only six wounds. Um, it has a sixteen inch move, which means you can fly over. Uh, and really, I think having one of them in your list to to kind of hang back so that you can uh, fly over and use its stratagem. Its stratagem is the thing, isn't it? Yeah, really, because its special rule is that if it does a successful wound, it turns off uh, objective secured. Uh, Or if if you successfully infect someone with parasites, they lose objective secured. Um, And what they do is if um, when you successfully wound an opponent... Uh, they suffer uh, one mortal wound in addition and also become infected. And then at the start of their command phase, they need to roll a dice. And if they roll a 1 to 3, the unit suffers D3 mortal wounds and is no longer infected. If it's a 4, 5, 6, they suffer D3 mortal wounds and continue to be infected. So they can, there's a 50-50 chance that they continue to no longer be objective secured. Now, you could infect multiple units in a turn. Um, I'm just trying to get the strat up. Just yeah, it's now called Enfolding Strike. So it's a command point. Yeah. Um, and you use it in your movement phase when a parasite moves, um, finishes a move, normal move or advance. Uh, you select one enemy unit that you moved across and roll a dice. On a two to five, they take D3 mortal wounds and are infected. And on a six, they just take three flat mortal wounds and also become infected. Cool. That's good. So, yeah, realistically, what you could do is hang the parasite back kind of in your half of the board but just outside of your deployment fly over if there's two units on an objective you can fly over mortal use the stratagem on one of them remove their obsec and then charge the other wound them in combat and remove their obsec now they are both infected, so you're doing D3 mortal wounds with a the flyover, then a further D3 even if they get rid of... It's, a, it's essentially a guaranteed 2 D3 mortal wounds 
to one unit for just moving over them. Yeah. And then when you charge, uh, and if you manage to infect them with the charge, um, then you know that's another D3 mortal wounds for that. Now imagine throwing in two harpies into that mix. And you're moving harpies over with all three units. Yep, that is true. That's a lot of mortal wounds for just moving. Yep. That's uh, going to be a strong one. Yeah. So in Tyranid Land, they've also got obviously the Codex coming up for our pre-order, which is exciting. And they talked about a new few things today. Um, one of them was the new adaptions that they've got. Which is quite exciting. Oh, they've got Adaptive so many different kinds of adaptions. They've got so many different kinds, though, haven't they? Yeah. They've got one ones you can do on the table, ones you can do beforehand, ones that you get just from being a certain high fleet. It's like they're going to be front loaded with rules. It's quite exciting. It is. It's really good. It's a good time for anyone really to think about Tyranids because you could play really any type of army. You could do combat, yeah. psychic, shooting. You could just pick a style, or you could just do a utility army, couldn't you? They're strong in every phase of the game. Uh, is uh, the the one thing that I'm very surprised at is the amount of mortal wound output that this army can have. Yeah, it has crazy amounts of mortal wound input. Um, if things like Emperor's Chosen for Custodies has been popular for a long time, which gives you the four up save to mortal wounds, but that might that meta has been slowly changing to a different shield host. Mm-hmm. We might sh- see it sling back the emperor's chosen because of just Tyranids with their mortal wound output. Maliceptors with their psychic power output is a lot. Um, you've got the parasite, like we just said. You've got the harpies. If you're running crusher stampedes, you can do a silly amount of damage on the charge. Even if you're not running Crusher Stampede, anything with the keyword for, I believe it's Chitin, uh, Armoured Chitin, mm-hmm. um, th- that does loads of uh, mortal wounds on the charge as well. Yeah, which um, Maliceptors have. Horned Chitin. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'll find the stratagem just now for that, but I, it is quite a lot of um Yeah, it's good. Um, and there's these things they've called hyper adaptions as well which are exciting Um, they talked a bit about Jormungandr (laughs) if that's how you say it (laughs) Um, which certainly looks good so it's going to be an exciting time to be a Tyranid player I think there are going to be bugs everywhere it's going to be like a scene from Starship Troopers you think we'll see like on the back of that a lot of like I'm, I'm talking like loads of shots like flamers and stuff like that come back into play i was just thinking that actually then because like we were talking about next salamanders earlier and i'm thinking do you know what salamanders do well flamers yeah yeah anything that like auto hits with long range like i i think we're probably going to see like as a small counter to that possibly something along those lines just because Mm. as you the problem is that you said you can run so many different lists, but I reckon one of the most prominent lists are going to be the sheer amount of, like, the weight of bugs, so to speak. Um, I think there's going to be two prominent ones. It's that one and then the um, the Crusher Stampede, as we kind of already know it. Definitely. But I think the Flesh Borers are so good. Yeah. Now, they're insane. They're so like good. rifles now. Like, I was like, what happened there? Yeah. Put them on gargoyles, right? Gargoyles can fly. <laughs> they can move incredibly quick with those on them as well. But my point is that is so accessible to a very like 
model count heavy army that I think oh, yeah. multi shots, lots of strength, strength five or potentially strength four, um, or even just auto hitting flamers and stuff like that are going to come back in to try and deal with some of that. Well, another point on that actually about kind of off meta choices, well, what, where off meta choices coming back into the meta is uh, I saw an article earlier talking about um, Imperial Guard being a, a good matchup against Harlequins just now, <laughs> which is crazy to, to think about it because uh, Imperial Guard are quite underplayed, um, to say the least, but Hydras. Um, yeah. Which is not off the back of a Meta Watch article that had a yeah. picture of a hydra or something. In yeah, it. yeah, like, and people uh... people were talking about it, and they're actually they're, some people are thinking about it. So for those that don't know, uh, a hydra is an Imperial Guard vehicle that comes in at 110 points, and you can take them in squads of three. So you can counter someone's nine Void Weavers with your own nine hydras. Um, <laughs> they're they're ballistic skill four. And their weapon is a quad auto cannon, which gets plus one to hit against units uh, with fly. This is so what we've came to. This is so, what we've came so to. We're, we're looking for options to go out our single lists now, rather than trying to go into a tournament to look for um, what yeah. different armies there might be. It's let's just all take hydras. Um, oh no! Yeah, it's it's eight shots. It will hit on threes. It's strength seven, so it'll wound on threes. It's only AP minus one, but Void Weavers will get a four up in von anyway, and it's flat two damage. I just feel though, like, so you'll get a Hydra that takes out one unit, maybe, of like Void Weavers, and then your 22 inch super fast boats with their strength 12 guns will just smack <laughs> you back. Mate, mate, it doesn't That's matter funny. if they can't move anywhere because of the sheer amount of guardsmen that are in the way. Oh, that is true, actually. <laughs> Like conscripts okay. galore again. Mate, I don't care about your 22-inch movement if you can't move out your deployment zone because you can't land on top of me. Yeah, there was an army <laughs> of renown for conscripts, wasn't there? Oh, it was the Cadian White Shields, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Um, well, good. So, uh, this weekend's OPG, hopefully we'll try and do a roundup of the OPG after it. Um, we'll also try and do some more stuff because there's going to be a lot of new releases and potentially a balanced data slate coming out soon as well so we'll need to do an episode for that um we're coming up to the end of the podcast so that's quite a short one to start but remember to like us on facebook subscribe to the podcast drop us a comment to say what you'd like to hear more about and until next time thanks for listening